Hey, it's Digital Digital Get Down, and we have a threesome for you today. <laughs> we have to say that. Yeah. Uh, this is episode 51, and we are coming at you with a repeat guest. Yay! This is Elizabeth. How many appearances has she had? This is my second. This is only the second. Wow. This is the first in-person appearance. She flew all the way here just, just to, to be on the podcast. Just to be on the podcast. Um... And I still call you Epaulettes in my head. Not Epaulettes, Epaulettes. <laughs> Which I think is how I used to type it into Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Unclear. Okay. So I never know what to call you in real life because in my head it's just Epaulettes. They're the internet friends. <laughs> we already went over this last yeah, time she was is... on the podcast. It's old news. Just catching people up. So that's news. what you missed on Glee. Oh, God. <laughs> Glee fandom. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm still in that. I don't know. Um. So she has had a lovely visit so far. I've dragged her around many sites in Twin Cities. I dragged myself around some other sites, so... Mostly just all of the indie bookstores that we could find. A lot. Mm-hmm. Until we filled her suitcase enough with books that it cannot fit anything else in it. Yeah, I was trying to be good and have only carry-on luggage, but that's not happening. I'm going to have to check this because it's now way too heavy. And it's partially my fault. That's yeah, how we it's roll. Completely, no, it is completely your fault. I was like, <laughs> Heather... Should I get this? I don't think I should get this. And you're like, but they match. They're so cute. Imagine being married to that, having that sort of (laughs) feedback. Oh, I'm the problem at the bookstores? Uh, I believe your Ursula Le Guin still tops everything else I've But total, I think you paid more. All right, let's move on. We're going to keep it moving. (laughs) We've got a lot of topics. It's going to be a very long podcast, I think. Hmm. Mostly because um, we couldn't decide what the topics were going to be. Yes. All the topics. Mm-hmm. So we just picked all I have of them. a good intro into good and bad news. Okay. Because I think that your reaction is going to be good news, but okay. you're going to think it's bad news. Okay. I'm going to play for you that Verizon commercial that I mentioned. No, I have that under my bad news. It's just Thomas Middleditch, question mark, question mark? Just, list, just listen oh, to, the, to the phraseology and so wait till we get to the end. we're starting with bad news then. Yeah. No, co- no comments out loud until the very end. <sighs> I see what's going on here. Everybody's got different tastes. Well, now Verizon lets you mix and match your family unlimited plan, so everybody gets the plan they want without paying for things they don't. Jet-setting moms can video chat from Europe. Movie-obsessed teens can stream obscure cinema. It's like everyone gets their own flavor of unlimited. (laughs) It's a metaphor. Symbol, not a metaphor. Well played. It's fucking neither! (laughs) He says it's like each family gets their own flavor. It's not a simile or a metaphor. But if it says like isn't it a simile, that's it's not just not any it. sentence with the word like does not make it a simile. You fell for it, just like Thomas Middledish. Oh my god. I You're don't just like him. Ex- that's the meanest thing you've ever said to me <sighs> in our whole relationship. It's like any- it's like everyone gets their own flavor. That's not a simile. It's as if everyone gets their own flavor. It's oh not really god. a metaphor either. No, it's just wordplay. It's just a bad sentence. Yes. Because Thomas Middleton just saying it. They've now the pulled that commercial from YouTube, so I'm guessing that the grammar, grammar Nazis came <laughs> after them. You think that's why? Yeah. All right, so are we doing bad news then? Sure. Okay. Elizabeth, you might just want to like, Eli, Liz, what do you even go by? I don't even know what to call you. I introduced myself as Eli at this point, mm-hmm. but Liz is fine. So much, Liz Eli is so much shorter. Yeah. Wow. Just watch that happen. Just dropped a lot of beer on me. <laughs> Oh, we should say what we're drinking, I suppose. Maybe we've been doing that the past couple weeks. He's drinking a Heineken that he just poured all over his crotch and our couch. (laughs) I'm drinking a really kind of nasty rose angry orchard cider. 
I have crisp ass apple. Crisp <laughs> apple? You were the one saying that you weren't that. drunk enough to do this, and your crisp ass is what you went with with your drink. Freudian slip, okay? I've also got a picture of Chris Pine right here on my. So Chris's up. ass is what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. Oh dear. Um. So I. I just cleaned this couch cushion the last time. That, that, that is not effective, whatever you were just doing. Moving on. Um, did you watch the Home Run Derby? No, yeah, this I is my good news. So. No, this is my bad news. That was a fantastic... This is yeah. my bad news. Just let so Miss Elizabeth up. just chill out for you a second. You can just chill. Mm-hmm. So, I have a lot of feelings about the Home Run Derby. It was almost perfect. You don't even know who won. You didn't even stay up. Don't care. It doesn't matter. It's all... It was magical. It's all forfeit because they didn't do it right. So, I haven't watched a Home Run Derby since probably like 1998. Mm-hmm. And basically Mark the only McGuire reason... And the one that was at Fenway Park. Yeah, we're all talking about the same thing. Sure. Um, so I'm trying to find my list of who you actually wanna, You wrote won. down a rant or what? No, I wrote down the oh, scores. Oh, God, she was so annoying. We okay. had to go back in the DVR every single five <laughs> I minutes. I can't find it. Good. So, oh, yeah, I do have it. So the only thing that I know the <sighs> rules from Home Run Derby for is, like, when I was in fourth grade... And also, like, video games. Yeah. At Home Run Derby video game. Or did you have the video game? Yeah, it's a mode in most baseball games. Anyways, so the proper way to do a Home Run Derby... Oh, you're talking about the iPhone game. That one was terrific. Home Run, whatever it was called. it was on your iPad. I still have it right here. The proper way to do a Home Run Derby is that they get 10 outs, and how many ever home runs they can hit within 10 outs... That's the old school way, yeah. Yeah, that's the real way to do a Home Run Derby. This timing thing is absolute bullshit. I'm, like, still angry about it. I'm still angry about it. So I wrote down the actual scores. What you're complaining about. Okay, so now the way they do it is they get two minutes to hit as many home runs as they want. um, There's like an ump there to make sure they don't swing the second, the next pitch too early or something stupid. It's cricket though, because it's head to head. Mm. It's head to head, and one person goes first, and then the second person just has to get more than the first person. It's fucking cricket. Um, it's cricket. Well, that part existed in the prior one. You would still get to the final round and one person would go first and the second person would have to But it wasn't head-to-head in the beginning rounds. Um, no. True. No, it yep. wasn't. True. Also, they seeded the players. Yeah, that part was That BS. was bullshit. Yeah. They were like, this guy's number one seed. Like, based on what? Based probably on how many steroids number, he takes? Probably the number of home runs that they had hit bullshit. up to that point. Bullshit. So, who ended up winning? I don't even know. Bryce fucking Harper. Walked off with a win. His father was pitching to him. It was a mesmerizing moment. It played out perfectly. They did cheat a little bit. Camera evidence showed that they were taking more swings too quickly than they should have been. But that's what the umps were there for. Yeah, but everyone wanted Bryce Harper to win. So he was just like, yeah, keep going, keep going. It was, you missed, oh my god, you missed the final round. The dad had started having a freak out. He could not throw the ball down the middle of the plate for like, from 90 seconds to go till 30 seconds to go. And he needed three home runs. Everyone was tensing up because he was so close. But his father could not throw it anywhere near the plate. He found the groove right at the end and hit three. Got the overtime and hit a couple more to win. Magical. I am happy that it was his dad because I feel like if I was ever in the home run derby, I would have my dad throw to me. That would be adorable. However, bullshit. He would have gotten past the first round by my scoring. Yeah. But... You know who would have won by my scoring? What? Muncie. Whoever that was. He got the fewest he typical had, outs, you're he, saying. He didn't even get 10 outs in two minutes. He only got to nine outs. Wow. 
Everybody else, the first guy only got four home runs within his 10 hours. Okay, so clearly Bullshit. you should have been tuning into that stat nerd version of the broadcast that they had. And next year you can go on mm -hmm. and tell everyone about your home run derby sabermetrics. Yeah, I will. It was a fantastic event. The All-Star game was also fantastic. You had... So don't watch any you of had that. Mike, I don't care. You had Mike Trout giving weather reports from in the dugout, from in the outfield. It was magical. Uh, all the people who's, who are saying that baseball's over the hill, nobody watches it anymore, it's the lamest sport, go watch cricket, okay? <laughs> it's the worst. I've sat through an, an, a condensed cricket match, one that was created to try to mimic the excitement of Major League Baseball, and yep. it was the most painful so sporting boring. event I've ever been to. What happened to Big Smash? Our tennis game? Yeah. Um, I yeah, I, I've rules. tried to pitch it at my tennis lessons and it's not going over really? well. Really? Yeah. I need to come and dem demonstrate it with you, maybe. Okay. Can we work our guests back into this podcast now? <laughs> as, as we discovered last episode that I was on, I only know about sports if it's in a sports anime. So Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, those were basically... Well, I did have one other good news. Okay. There's a catcher for... bad news. Yeah, but it's about baseball. <sighs> Baseball news. It's not themes news. It's good news um, and bad news. So there's a Seattle Mariners catcher who was like in the minor leagues for a long time, but did get some playing time in the major leagues. He's retired last week because he's been struggling with eating disorders his entire life, and he's going to retire and go um, And that's your work. good news? He's going to go help other people. He's retiring to go into that. Athletes with eating disorders or just no, anybody? Just men in general. Men with eating disorders. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I'm proud of him. But it's your good news that he has eating disorders. Don't try to spin it like that. <laughs> Keep going. Um, am I supposed to do bad news now? Whatever you are. You just fucked up all the news segment. I don't even know what to do anymore. <sighs> My other bad news was actually your bad news that you told me about. And it's super sad and serious, but it's also sports related. Dennis Ten. Oh, yeah, that was awful. The figure skater. The mm -hmm. um, Kazakhstani. Kazakh. Kazakh? Um, the figure skater from Kazakhstan, Dennis yeah. Ten, was murdered. Yeah, I did see that. Only 25. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a robbery gone wrong. So it's not like someone just walked around. No, it he wasn't, wasn't like, assassinated. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, but yeah, it's really sad. Mm -hmm. Kazakh? Kazakhstani. You had it right the first time. Okay. Good. We all learned cool. something from that. The only reason I know that is from Otebeck um, fiction, yeah. I think. And that's the awful thing, though, is because I only really know who he is because he was the one who inspired Otebeck as a character, and oh. so, which is just extra sad. So sad. There better not be sad fan fiction about <laughs> it. Yeah, I don't want that. Mm -mm. That okay. was actually your bad news. Oh, well, you told me about it. Yeah, I guess that is my bad news. Do you have a bad news aside from that? Nope, that was Okay, it. that's your bad news then. Um... Do you want to do that? Was already your good um, news. I'm You're out. out. Yep. I'm You're just out. commentating from here. Okay. Out. <laughs> My good news is are very um, tame this week. Okay. One of them is um, that video of the dolphin body slamming the server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I just, there's not really anything to explain. It's not really news, but that video, I just watched it over and over and it got funnier every single time. Can um, I just read your other one? <laughs> That way, there's a typo. Yeah, I know, but it's funnier with it in there. <laughs> Moana, Moana Golden Buzzer, only Tim I've liked Ken Jong. You're so mean. That's what your note says. Yeah, so you know that I don't watch any sort of America's Got Talent or Britain's Got Talent or whatever, unless it's like a video that I see come up on Facebook or right, Twitter. That's how those shows are meant to be watched. Yeah, so this one was a like children's choir that did um, How Far I'll Go from Moana. 
and it was really amazing and lovely. And Ken Jeong gave them the golden buzzer, so they went straight to the finals. Oh. It's the only time I've ever liked Ken Jeong, because I've never, ever liked him or felt Got any it. sort of positive feelings towards him, except Got when it. he was nice to these small children singing Disney songs. Okay. And I only saw it because Lynn manuel um, retweeted it, because he wrote that song. He did. Anyways, would you like to share your good news? Because one of them is also my good news, kind of. Uh, Except I never figured out how to save the gift still. <laughs> oh, yeah. So a little bit of a San Diego Comic-Con corner um, in that we all completely missed it because I was dragging them, making them go to different touristy things. Um, but Chris I dragged Pine, you to a softball game, so I think we're tied. Yeah, it was like 50 minutes at the most. It was Whatever. totally fine. Um, Chris Pine and uh, Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman 2, 1989, is that what it's called officially? Uh, showing up in pink and purple, like just like absolute, like, what do we call him? Citrus pine, peach pine, tangerine pine. (laughs) Like tangerine and peach combined? Some sort of amazingly tropically colored outfit. And then they just like danced around on stage for a little bit and And there were gifts everywhere. Yeah. And Uh, yeah, because Gal Gadot's outfits were like flapper and styled. So it's. So she was like, like, went with it. So he was doing. Cosplay as a fruit? Is Possibly. that how you say it? Hmm. But you don't really cosplay something that's cosplay something that's not a character. <laughs> well, uh, maybe, you can though. Let's not. Maybe I've just, let's not go down the rabbit hole. That's why I hesitated when I said that. Anyway, <laughs> but but yeah. So I mean, I don't know anything that actually took place at the panel, but I saw that and I was like, well, that's my good news for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made that gif. It's on my phone now. I have I it don't forever. have it on my phone. And my other good news was there's a. Uh, Instagram from Janelle Monet where yes. she posted herself um, playing bowl- uh, going bowling with um, some members of her crew. Not just bowling. <laughs> Glow bowling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And her like victory dance when she gets a strike is honestly like the cutest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Classy. Also Good like spin. where when is like the Prizeo campaign to get to play Ooh. to do global <laughs> with Janelle Monet. Like, I would pay a lot to get the chance to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, still a very, very, like, she's honestly... She's not filming a music video here? It's just for kicks? Yeah, it's honestly... Uh-huh. Apparently she does this fairly frequently with her teams and stuff, like, at least once a year. So it's global Well, it does bowling with, like, her team. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's always global but knowing Janelle Monet, it probably Better is. Be. But, yeah, so she seems like the coolest person on the entire planet, and she's my idol. <laughs> and she always looks adorable. Mm-hmm. I also have one news that I'm classifying <gasps> as weird news. Oh, my gosh. Secret last news. Most of the world would probably think this is bad news. I'm just mostly confused by it. Did you see that there's going to be a movie version of Cats? Oh, God. Taylor okay. Swift's going to be in it. Taylor Swift is going to be in it? As who? I don't know. Saw the headline didn't click. No. I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't know. And James Corden also? Is this like how they were putting around that Taylor Swift was going to be in the Les Mis movie before she was in the Les, before they fully cast Amanda Siegfried? Because oh, if yeah. so... I forgot about that. If so, thank God, but... Oh. I don't think so. I think she's really in it. I don't know. But I have no idea. No idea. I haven't seen Cats. Neither have I. Enough to actually know like which, which would be characters? the best character for her to play. But I think the general consensus is none. None <laughs> of them. Yeah, maybe. I, Lisa, I mean, like if, but you know, the what's it called? The dark horse candidate for 
Grizabella or whatever her name is, the like old cat who does right. the big song. I don't know. All right. Um, do you want me to do the mailbag now or later? Everyone does mailbags at the end, so let's do it right now. Okay. <laughs> there. This was actually from last week, and I forgot. We've just been flooded by stuff, and so, so it's flooded. We just have to pick and choose through the best ones. All right. So this is from my cousin Jen. Congrats! You made the cut. Um, she says. Went to see Ant-Man and Wasp last night, and after listening to a couple of your more recent podcasts, I'm guessing you have no plans to see it, but I want to tell you not to. You would be fine for most of it, but the post credit scene would send you over the edge, so if for some reason you do decide to see it, don't stay for the post credit scenes. Uh-huh. Or Andrew says that you stay, but then you need to have him on the podcast to have him discuss it with you. So yeah. Would you like to elaborate that? On oh, that? she's yeah. seen it. Yeah, I saw oh, it. Wow. I actually... Okay, so I am sort of a unusual Marvel fan in that I actually really liked the original Ant-Man, which is sort of like a, nobody wanted Ant-Man 2, but I desperately wanted Ant-Man 2 because I was so mad at the end of the first movie that the movie wasn't all about the Wasp. Yes. Why wasn't it about the female superhero? There was no reason, just because they needed to have a a guy, I guess. So I was like, I needed Ant-Man 2, was looking forward to it. It was a super good movie, it was really fun. It, like, kind of kept the same vein from the first movie, but had a couple of new things. It went bigger and all sorts of cool stuff. And then, at the end, after all this crazy stuff, when you get all the family back together and everything's okay, mm-hmm. and you're like, wasn't this supposed to take place at the same time as Infinity oh, War? Oh, no. In the post credit scene. <gasps> Do you want spoilers. The Do you want the spoiler? I want the spoiler. I just want to let the people know that there yeah. will be a spoiler. In the post credit scene, one. they're all working together. It's... Uh, Ant Man, Paul, yeah, Paul Rudd, the Wasp, and What's also Evangeline Lily. Lily yeah, and her parents who okay. are also wasps. Well, the original wasp, <laughs> insects. The original wasp. Her mom had been lost in like the quantum realm because, like, for like thirty years. Okay, and they rescue her. Wrinkle in this in time. Movie. Yeah, and it's Kinda. like a, it's a whole big thing, and it's um. Did you see Wrinkle on Time? No, I didn't see the movie. Good for you. Just look at the gifts of Chris Pine and don't mm-hmm. actually see the movie. Yeah. That was not a good part. Um, so they disintegrate? Is that what we're getting at? Well, no, they're all working together and they're sending Ant-Man into the quantum realm to collect, like, quantum energy or whatever. <laughs> That's how it And works, so he's sure. the he's the only one in the quantum realm and everybody else is, like, manning the desk and, of course, that's when it hits. They and all disappear. They all disappear except for Ant-Man who's now trapped in the quantum realm. Huh. So it's like, he's going to probably, you know, not have, have a good time in there. And then also, the the entire family of wasps was all wiped out in, like, one fell swoop. We were <laughs> so close to getting Heather finally, back to the movie they theater. They had finally right reunited. They had gotten their mom back. His wife oh. of, like, 30 years been missing. This, like, love of his life. They finally were all back together. They were doing science together. And then they all got No pooped. more movies I've been for triggered. you, honey. No more. <laughs> I... Once again, it's like it's like how they ended Thor Ragnarok. Like we saved everyone that we could, and now we're gonna go find a new home. And in the beginning of Infinity War, they're like, "Just kidding, we killed all of them, and now we're gonna kill Loki too." Mm-hmm. That's what it's like. It's yeah. like everyone's happy. Just kidding, they're all gonna be exploded. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> and of course, it's really also sad because the whole thing about Paul Rudd is that he like doesn't want he like doesn't want to be away from his daughter because he like was spent all that time his in prison. His dog gets exploded too? No, no, no. We don't know anything about that. But <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm saying not is, though or do we not know? We don't know. He's trapped in the quantum realm like so answer. he can't get to them. He's so he's like Who's watching his daughter? Separate. His wife, his like ex-wife and and her husband. 
joint custody. Yeah. Does the daughter know that what happened to him though, or no. does she think that he just abandoned her? He We're literally, he, they're literally like very isolated. They're like mm -hmm. on the top of the rooftop, and everybody disappears, and there's just like. A bunch of equipment. This is why you tell people where you go. Like, you don't go on a hike and not mm -hmm. tell people that you're going on a hike in case you disappear. Yeah. If you're going to the fucking quantum realm, you should probably tell someone <laughs> Leave where you're a going. note. Okay. But yeah. It was actually a really good movie, but that was a very upsetting no, final scene. No more movies. I saw the first one and it was fine, but not enough that I cared about seeing the second one. Yeah. I was just almost ready to go see a movie no. again. It's too soon. It's too soon. Did you guys see Incredibles 2? You haven't seen that, right? No. no. Go see that. Everyone keeps telling me to see that, but I don't remember the first one at all. Doesn't matter. So. Does not matter. Okay, what are we going to talk about? I don't know now. I'm sad. <laughs> oh, I no. think we should talk about the movies. I need a little more time before Process. I'm ready to talk about the books. Okay. The book. And the books. I think we're mainly going to talk about the movie we watched on Saturday and then throw in some stuff about the movie we watched on Sunday. Yeah, we can do some compare and contrast. That's like, they're not meant to be competing movies, though. Mm -hmm. So we had grand plans to see Princess Mononoke and to make Bennett see it because he was a little bit scarred by Spirited Away and I wanted mm -hmm. to see what would happen if we saw another one. Yeah, we just like to play with my <laughs> my psyche. Pretty much, podcast. though. Um, and then I fucked up the dates and times of it so we couldn't actually go see it in theaters. So we ended up watching an old movie instead. One that we've teased for a long time in this podcast that we were going to watch. Yep. We finally watched Dirty Dancing because Bennett had not seen Havana it. Havana Nights. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh God. Original. Just regular original Dirty Dancing because um, you hadn't seen it. Had never seen it. And it had been, been a long time since I sat down and watched it not just like five minutes of it on TV. Um, I don't think we really need to get a summary of this movie. Do we? Do uh, I wish somebody had because <laughs> I had no idea. I carried a watermelon. Like, no one ever told me what this movie was. I knew that someone talked about a baby and that there was a lift at the end yeah. with that song. And that's all I knew about Did it. Did you know it was the girl from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Eh, no. I knew yeah, it was Patrick right? Swayze, but that's it. Yeah. What a babe in this movie. I kind of... Oh, yeah. Um, Triangle body with like, the broad shoulders wow. and the yes. waist. I just kind of assumed that, that this movie had like a big intricate plot and it was about like dance competitions and couples breaking up all over the it's country and traveling. <laughs> I I love condensed narratives where like things all happen in like a very clear You love linear timelines. Yeah, that's for sure. And especially when they're like located in like a little bubble. Like for a movie, I feel like for an hour and a half movie, it's okay to be in a bubble for that long. This movie was fantastic. It was a summer camp movie. There was dancing. There was confused decades of music. <laughs> there was hot men, decent women, abortions. That wasn't one of the pros, but it was there. Um, roadside abortion. And... Um, you cannot be so flippant about it. Ugh. Well, let's say the good news it's is that fantastic. it's actually, like, taking a clear-eyed look at, like, women's health. Yes. And, like, especially mm. in, like, a different time. And period. that abortion bans doesn't mean there's no abortions. It means they're unsafe for yep. women. Exactly. And I was like, okay, it's going to be a rom-com. It's not a rom-com at all. It's a, an occasionally funny movie. Class issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Women's health and reproductive um, independence. Sleazy old guys, sleazy old women. Sleazy young guys. Sleazy, sleazy young, young guys. guys. He was the sleaziest of the guys. I only have like three complaints about the movie. Can I just okay. run them through? Tell me. Do you want to like give a summary? No. Okay. Everybody knows what this movie is about. Um, I was the last one. 
So number one complaint, the baby shit. In the fifties, did people call it? Did did girls get the nickname baby or something? Was that trying to stay true to something? My only complaints about it is that she does this like um, narration thing in the first yeah. line, and it's actually a good first line. It's like. Back then, everybody called me baby, and I didn't know enough to care, or something like that. Yeah, um, I just found but it uncomfortable. Then there was the whole no, time. then there was no other like. She just accepts it as her game. as her yeah. label. Um, it's very strange to have her dad call her that, her sister, her lover. But she was the baby of the family. I know, but anyways. Um, and I bet they did it just for the line, nobody puts baby in a corner, which right. is not worth it. Which is my number two, which is that that's not the classic line. The classic line is, <laughs> I carried a watermelon. <laughs> Clearly. Um, did I say I had three complaints? Yes. Mm-hmm. What was your third one? Um, Are you just coming up with one on the fly right now? Yeah, well, like the only part of like the emotional plot that didn't really resonate for me was like, I feel like they almost squished too much into... Patrick Swayze's character. Oh, number three was his name as well. Johnny Castle, that's not a name. What? Why like, not? no one's named Johnny Castle. It's just not a name. Well, it could be a name. No, it could not. <laughs> could be a name. No, it couldn't. Very okay. stereotypical, like, 50s name. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, so in terms of the emotional arcs, like, I almost felt like they tried to pack too much into him. Like, he had daddy issues, he had class issues, he had to worry if his contract was going to get renewed, he had to worry about the sleazy old woman. It was just a lot for him to develop in yeah, 90 minutes. Yeah, and like the... The, like the um, older woman cougar prostitute yeah. thing was kind of thrown put, in at the yeah. thrown in there and wasn't developed very well, I guess. Yeah. But it's fantastic. You thought it was fantastic. It again. Oh, yeah. It, it was also just like somehow the perfect movie for the mood that we were all in on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but it was it was fantastic. I enjoyed every second of it. I like it's that It's such chills. a raunchy movie. Yeah. But like... Very sensual. Well, I mean, it's very much about like... A girl, sexual like, awakening. Yeah, sexual awakening, like a woman, like a girl becoming a woman kind yeah. of thing. Like, especially because yeah. she has she has her own daddy issues to face in this movie. Oh, God, Both the poor dad. <laughs> Worst summer of his life. <laughs> the, poor, the movie opens, and they're like, hey, Doc, thanks for bringing your family to our summer plantation, which is basically like a cruise ship on land. Um, yep. And the Doc's like, yeah, I've been working, you know, 80-hour weeks for 104 straight weeks. And I'm finally going to get to relax. And he has, like, the, the summer from hell. <laughs> he has all, all... His two lovely girls are just going at running it. Running amok. Running amok. The first girl... His wife can't like... fucking golf at all. <laughs> that was my other favorite scene, was on the putting green. And she's just like, what are you doing wrong? And I'll paraphrase, but he goes, everything! <laughs> just, you're not even trying. He said, what aren't you doing wrong? <laughs> Um, the mom had some serious side eye in this movie. The mom was, was fantastic. Terrific, terrific. She was very like 1950s woman where she can't say something, but that doesn't mean you don't know that she's upset. Yeah. Emily Gilmore. Yeah. yeah. She, she brought it in. This and then movie. the best line in the home movie is Jack, sit down. She's yeah. Dancing that is end. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, what was the sleazy young guy? Bobby? Was Robbie. that his name? Robbie. Yeah. Like, okay. I hated him, obviously, because you're supposed to hate him, but I also just didn't buy that he was, like, some sex god that no one could resist. I, I kind of really... did. He had that 50s handsome mm-hmm. look about him, I okay. think. Maybe. Like, the swoopy hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But also, like, this movie sort of sets it up that, like, he's one of the, like, the kids who's got a bright future. Oh, right. Him. So yeah. everyone, like, he's from the right. Yeah, he's from the right side of the tracks, and, and he is, like, going to be a doctor. He's going to medical school. He's got yeah. everything going for him, and he's going to have tons of money, and he's going to be, he's going to be great. And it really doesn't make up for the fact that he is a total douchebag. Yeah, yeah. and well, it's, like, people are willing to excuse whatever shitty behavior just because he, like, comes from the right family or comes from money or whatever, mm-hmm. whereas Johnny... Patrick Swayze he gets like negative chances to prove himself with anything like people automatically assume the worst of him just because he's like from New York oh he had a weird accent I don't know what he was supposed to be from. I don't like know. his family mm-hmm. is poor and is in paints houses or something yeah he's gonna have to go paint houses if he can't keep Our dancing yeah you know. what state was this supposed to be in? I could not figure it out it's I... in the Catskill so it's upstate, upstate New York, York. Yeah. that's right you were right honey that's right I'm like ready for like to jump into the fandom though I want <laughs> I want side stories about that band leader. Tito, I think, was his name. I want more on him. I want more of um, Henry, Harry, Billy. Who was, yeah. the, who was the cousin who carried the watermelon? At the beginning? Oh, yeah. He was a cool He's character. He's like such yeah. a cinnamon roll. He's so nice mm-hmm. the whole time. And, like, nothing ever happens with him. No. No. And he just... He, at the first, you think that he's going to be the one with baby. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. Alternate ending. And then it's Johnny instead. Yep. Johnny Rockets. Castle. Um, what else did I have? I actually, I remember like watching this movie like in high school maybe and thinking that like Baby was really annoying. And now that I watch it now, I'm like, she's the best character. She's the only character that like cares at all about anything. Like, she, like cares mm-hmm. about like the issues going on in the world where everyone else is just like, oh, let's drink and do this rumba and try on Cleopatra wigs and whatever. Like she actually like has a global perspective on things. Yeah. She wants to join and the Peace Corps. She wants to join the Peace And she, like, Corps. actually reads and actually, mm-hmm. like, yeah. tries to, like, get involved with the world and tries to practice, like, the ideals that she, like, has been, ins- have been instilled in her by, like, her liberal parents. <laughs> yeah, and she's, like, the only one that doesn't seem to buy into, like, the bullshit, like, upper-class white people resort mm-hmm. vibe. And yeah. she's kind of, like, this is stupid and, like, goes and hangs out with the lower-class people and doesn't seem to care about the, like, social class issues and stuff. Yeah. So she was, like, actually the best character. I also want all of her clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her waistline to go with those clothes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Otherwise they would yep. not work on me. Yep. But if I could have her waistline and then those clothes, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But there was some weird, is this 50s or 80s clothing? And I think some of that clothing has also come back around now, which makes it even more confusing. Yeah. And, like, not to totally derail the topic, but the same sort of issue happened with, like, Footloose, the other movie yes. we watched. Where we can, like, that movie is actually set in the 80s, yeah. but the clothes look very 50s-y because it's set in like a very backwards town. Right. And this one's actually set in the 50s, but it looked like it was sometimes in the 80s because it was forward-thinking yeah. uh, babies, like, dressing in like a very interesting, different way than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. All right. I think we need to okay. talk about we Footloose. All those Hold things on. that I need, happen. I need to oh, yeah. one okay. comment, which is that... Dirty Dancing is a ballet, and it's great. If you could, you could watch it without this, oh. without the sound on. Yes, and it would yeah. still be only this, the music and no dialogue, and yeah. it would still work as a movie. Yes, I would love to see a stage production like a ballet of it, because all the best scenes are like dancing montage scenes mm-hmm. where there's no dialogue. Some of the dialogue is a little rough, like nobody puts baby in a corner. Like yeah. that line is so unnecessary. But their like physical acting is so good. Yes. It's so good. The chemistry is like off the charts. It is. Yeah. Is it because she was sort of seated in a corner at that point in time? <laughs> or as Thomas Middleditch would say, it's a meta- metaphor. It's a metaphor. But it actually is a metaphor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe? 
don't know. It's like she's in a corner? Is that a simile, <laughs> Tommy? How can you have different types of unlimited plants? The word unlimited okay. means it's everything, correct? Okay. It's just, okay. It's okay. Footloose is is a movie. <laughs> I, I would agree. Like it's an experience. I can, okay, I'm going to preface this, that I enjoyed the hell out of Dirty Dancing this time, like mm-hmm. actually paying attention and watching it straight through, which I hadn't in a while, and like watching it as from a more like, not to be like I'm super old, but like an adult perspective compared to watching it when you're like 15 and you're just like, eh, she's annoying. Um, but it was glorious. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And, like, the end, I, like, got chills. Like, it was so good. Footloose. <laughs> it did not necessarily give me those same feelings, but I still really like Footloose. There are certain scenes that I really like and certain songs in it that I really like, and I enjoy it. But I know you think that you've watched it before, but I don't think you really have. I watched I think it this you, time. I think you Googled it just to be able to, like, prove to me that you watched it even though you hadn't. And you had never seen it before. I had seen a high school production of the musical version of Footloose. And I had seen Summerstock version of it. Anyway, so I really like Footloose. I think these two on either side of me, the bookends right here, would not agree. There were many stunts. And also... A lot <laughs> so of much stunts. gymnastics. Yeah. Just like, unexplained <laughs> gymnastics. Yeah. There's just, like, a weirdly a lot of stunts. It's, like, just... <laughs> that was the part trains and the cars uh-huh. and... Tractors yeah, and also, what's her name? The 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 female character Ariel. Ariel, Ariel yeah, the nightmare. She's Donna. a nightmare. She's a nightmare. She's a lot. She, I mean, like it's nice toward the end. You like actually confront the fact that she's like dealing with like grief and she's been acting out for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and she wants attention. And, yeah, but like, her like. Honestly, her behaviors are like, you need to go to therapy yeah. and confront the fact that you may or may like not have a personality ago. disorder. Yes. Yeah, Kevin Bacon, like, yes. Yeah, stay away. Red flags all over the place. <laughs> um... I mean, she, like, it opens the movie with her, like, going out yeah, of the movie Yeah, I had not seen that scene, for sure. From one window of a different window of a moving car on a highway. She, like, full-on had, like, a death wish happening right there. Multiple yeah, times, and then there was yeah. a train bit, when she started mm-hmm. in front of a train. And I can never watch the scene where she gets, like, abused. Yeah. I need to mm-hmm. leave for that scene. You I had one scene it. in each movie you had to leave for. What did I... We have to leave for the other scene. When they were talking about the abortion, didn't oh, you yeah, walk out? Yes. Yeah. No, I didn't walk out. I went, la, 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 yeah. la, and put my hands up in my ears because okay. I didn't want to hear the descriptions of the back alley abortion that she <sighs> So, yeah, Kevin Bacon's, like, mostly game for everything that happens. It just never, I don't know. Yeah, it has it's a lot of different strange. elements that don't really come together in a way that totally makes sense. But there were elements of it that I really liked. Yeah. I actually kind of wish it had been about... John Lithgow and like the weird preacher who like has to confront the fact that like he went like down a rabbit hole yeah, of like a reactionary yeah. Christianity when he actually does not believe that you have to like control everything that people listen to or read. Yeah. Like, it, the fact that he like But his grief, like how he dealt with his grief versus how his daughter, daughter dealt with did. hers. Yeah. I would I would have maybe maybe preferred that movie might have been better than yeah. the movie we actually got. But the movie we got was much more like I can actually sit through this movie because there's lots of scenes that don't make sense and are very interesting visually. Disjoint, but they're very disjointed. Yeah. Oh, God. I'll watch the tractor scene any day, I think. The tractor <laughs> jousting. Yes. Tractor chicken. chicken. Tractor yeah. chicken. I just really like the scene where they teach Willard how to dance. That was the best. Willard is the best scene in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Also, Sarah Jessica Parker is the only time I've liked her probably ever mm-hmm. is in this movie. In the musical, they like make it out that she actually really likes him and that's why like... 
Willard. Yeah, like Let's Hear It For The Boys or whatever is like a song that she does, Rusty does, I think, believe. Mm -hmm. And so like I was surprised that there was just like less of her. I liked her character a lot in the movie. She was the only one, like the only girl in the movie who was just chill. Yes. (laughs) And was not flipping out over things all the time or throwing herself out of cars Mm -hmm. or... Although the mom was also pretty chill, but like in a way where her daughter is... Preacher mom? Preacher mom. Oh, because Ren's mom was pretty chill too. Oh, preacher mom was cool though, yeah. Yeah. And we cannot figure out what she was in recently. She was a thousand percent in something recently because I looked it up and went, oh, she was in Footloose. And then when I looked at her bio, I could not pinpoint anything that I'd seen recently. same. It's named Diane Weist. Weist? Weist? Sure. But yeah, she's a good actress. Very very distinctive voice. Yes. Do you have any other comments on Footloose? That's about it, I think. Yeah. But you thought Dirty Dancing was fantastic. Yeah. I was not expecting that reaction from you about why, Dancing. Why Why? was my childhood so stunted in terms of 80s movies? I thought your sister loved Dirty Dancing. I don't think so. Mm. I don't think I had ever seen an 80s movie till I saw Ferris you Bueller's s- Day Off like in like a, a summer over college. You still haven't seen Top Gun and that's the one we have to fix no. sometime too. I've only ever seen... I saw... I think I saw Breakfast Club first, then... Ferris Bueller, and now this. I don't think I've seen any other 80s movies. I haven't seen Top Gun either. <gasps> I used to... Next time. I, I used to hate the 80s as like a as like an era. It's it was one rule. of my least favorite eras. But now that it's like come back around, yeah. I started to become more interested in it. Well, I just never was a huge fan of um, John Hughes movies necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Breakfast Club is a good one, but like Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles and yeah. those ones like... Like, all the... I don't know. Yeah, my friend Amanda really likes John Hughes movies, so I saw Breakfast Club, and I thought that movie was great, and so I was really excited to try more, and the next one I watched was Pretty in Pink, and I was like... I mean, Ducky's fine in it, but that's yeah. also messed up because Two and a Half Men exists. Yeah. Um. So, like, it's just a weird movie. And then Sixteen Candles is, like, just fine. It's kind of, like, just sad Molly Ringwald. Yeah, I pretty and much then, just like, stopped after that one. St. Like, Elmo's Fire is, like, real weird. Is that the one that, um... What's his face? Uh, this guy. He's the main character. The oh, one in Breakfast yeah. Club that does this. Judd mm-hmm. Nelson. No, but isn't... Is that the one where... Oh Parks and Rec and West Wing, that guy? Rob Lowe? Rob Lowe. Oh, possibly. Is Rob Lowe in St. Elmo's Fire? I think so, Let's yeah. Let's figure this out. St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah, that was the same thing. We watched like the couple famous John Hughes ones, and then I think my parents like had St. Elmo's Fire on VHS or something like that. And... um. And we watched it, and it was like, yikes. We also probably were, like, far too young to be watching it. Hmm. I don't know. Was that him? Wasn't that him? With the hair? Couldn't you have done a better Rob Google Lowe. search to get yeah. your answer? Okay. I could have done a better Google hmm. search, but I wanted to know who the other characters were in it. Yeah, Rob Lowe and uh, Demi Moore. Good for him. Anyways. All right. Shall we do a quick advertisement while we lean into our... Why don't we let uh, our literary... Elizabeth here do the advertisement, and I'm okay. going to get another drink. All right. Uh, <laughs> Digital Digital Get Down is, as always, sponsored by BookDigits.com. That's B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com. You got it. Which is a very interesting book uh, reviewing and rating site that I also use and enjoy a lot. And I'm... Only a couple points away from Red Diamond. Oh my god. So everybody has to join and then upvote my reviews <laughs> so that I can be a Red Diamond uh, within, what was it? This is seven months? 
Not bad, yeah. Yeah. I'm not anywhere close. I'm still like 100 something points away. Last year, I was so impressed with myself for getting Red Diamond like at the beginning of December. This year, I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and the, it was very funny because when I first saw the achievement like goals, I was like, Heather, you set like such high standards this year. And then I like challenge accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess this is what you get when you just sort of embrace the fact that you read a lot of romance novels and it does not take a lot of time to read them. That's fair. Although, to be fair, I also read all four Lord of the Rings Hobbit books Ooh, on audiobook. On audiobook. <laughs> so fucking long. And like an Outlander on auto audiobook, too, right? Yeah. I'm one and Jesus. a half. Actually, Did you pick yeah. the longest books on your to-read list and then be like, I know, I'll listen to them, so they're four times as long. I do like listening to quite long books on, on, audio, on audio. I don't know why. It's sort of one of those things where, I guess it's because I like to listen to something as I'm going to sleep, and podcasts tend to keep me up. But when it's like a narrative, especially a longer narrative. But how do you know when you fall asleep? Where to go back to? When you start to get sleepy, you put on the sleep timer for 15 or 30 minutes. <laughs> There's a sleep timer? Uh-huh. And oh. then it just automatically shuts off. You can also just have it play to the end of the chapter and stop. Don't give her ideas. I sleep next to her. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be able to do that. I, like, I would be focusing too much on the book and not Did you see the shirt that our guest is wearing? Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like we should have set the scene a little bit better <laughs> and explained that she's wearing an original, like, 2001, 2001 tour yeah. of NSYNC t-shirt right now. Yeah. Like the, like the, um, what do you call these? T-shirts. No, like, the, the sleeves, too. Like uh, the, yeah, like, the name. cuffs. It's a band t-shirt. It's a full-on tour t-shirt that I bought at an actual stop in. I think it was Philadelphia. Can you read? Was there a Philadelphia one? Hmm. Um, it's a little San bit faded. Diego. Yeah, <laughs> Philadelphia, Philadelphia, right there. Philadelphia? No, oh, yeah. Philadelphia yeah, okay. is right here. Yeah, so I went with my f good friend Shauna from grade school. We used to friend fight. Of the show. We used to fight over. <laughs> <She's> not <laughs> friend of the show. <laughs> we used to fight over which one we would like date or whatever. There was, was only like, one op or yeah. two options, I suppose. No, it was full on. We were both fighting over Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but now what's it's this just, guy? JC says. Yes. Yeah, I would have picked yeah. him. But now, now Justin Timberlake is over. We've had this He's conversation. So over. He's really over. Could not be more uh, over. But just for the people at home, this is digital, <laughs> digital get down. This is True. not an InSync tribute podcast. We're forty <laughs> minutes in, but in case. <laughs> But she is you wearing confused. an instinct shirt. Um, okay. No more stalling. Let's no more get stalling. into the main event. Which main event? Carry on? Carry on. Okay. Yeah, that was one of those things where, because um, most recently, and probably the reason why I really wanted to reread this book, is because there was the news that they were going to do Carry On 2, Wayward Son. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I think about Carry this now... On. I think it's Carry On My Wayward Son, that song. But in the book, it's actually Bohemian Rhapsody that it's mm. referencing. Yeah. And I had I had completely forgotten that. Or it could be fun in the band. Oh, Rainbow. Carry On, Carry you, On. You throw us so many twists, mm -hmm. Rainbow. Yeah. So there is going to be a sequel, and it's going to be glorious. And the Kevin Wada cover was amazing. Yeah. Kevin Wada is the only reason why I've ever read this book. So thank you, Kevin Wada. It's a great book. Well, you, like, had some um, preconceived mm -hmm. issues with Rainbow, Rainbow Rowell. Rowell. Yeah. That made you hesitant to read any of her mm -hmm. books. Yeah. I, I've had some people give, you know, criticisms of her treatment of different relationships, and especially Eleanor and Park. I have some Asian-American friends who were, like, not too happy with the way that that was portrayed, and I haven't read them, so I can't comment on it myself, but it just sort of gave me, like, the heebie-jeebies, and I was like, well, maybe I just won't read books by her. I have plenty of other things on my to-read to list. Yes. As you can see, if you go to bookdigits.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, so I was just like, you know, I honestly, I will buy anything that has a Kevin Lotta cover. So anybody in the book publishing industry, <laughs> that's the secret. <laughs> Get an awesome Kevin Lotta cover and I will probably buy it. And you were hesitant to read it. Like I am okay. all the books you forced me to read, yeah. <laughs> How many of them recently have you loved? Give us a summary of Carry On. I want to hear. Wait, it. I, I want to say it from why you didn't want to listen to it. What? Why you didn't want to read it? Because um, you, we read Fangirl and we talked about the podcast. Oh and you yeah. hated the fan fiction sections of Fangirl. I still need to buy a copy of Fangirl. It would go on my teal shelf right there. Yep. Again, audio only podcast. <laughs> um, go ahead. Tell us what. Tell us what Carry On is. Okay, so Carry On is like a satire of chosen one kind of magical stories and it is very loosely based on the characters from a book series that the oh main we have so much narrator in fangirl it's her favorite book series and in fangirl there's like little excerpts of the fan fiction that cast the main character is writing about these characters from this like fictional book series except then rainbow rella got like a plot bunny i suppose for an actual book of these fictional characters within her fictional book. <laughs> it's yeah. Inception, yeah. Mm -hmm. Inception. Um, so anyways, it is about Simon, who is a boy who goes to a magical school called Watford, a.k.a. Fake Hogwarts. And it's in the UK. In the UK. Hogwarts. I wouldn't say fake Hogwarts. I would say pseudo-Hogwarts. Pseudo-Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, and his roommate is Baz, and they're kind of like arch-nemesis rivals. Um... And Baz is from the like old family yes. that is very anti reforms and like making magic more integrated with you know lesser powered and uh, what's it called cross species yeah uh, children um, so Baz is from the old family sort of like the you know the Death Eater type people yes. Slytherin the pure bloods mm -hmm. and of course Simon is <clears throat> the orphan an orphan who you know, questionable parentage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who has really no pedigree in terms of magic, but just happens to be very powerful because of a prophecy. Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, just let me know when you're ready for me. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about what? Do you want me to talk about what I liked about it before? So, coming from it, I like both Fangirl and Carry On. You liked Fangirl enough, but didn't like the fanfiction section. I sections. hated the fanfiction sections. They were just so annoying. Uh, that's not why I did not like Carry On. And then you have not read Fangirl at all and have not very much of a concept of Fangirl, but you liked Carry On. I did like Carry On very, very much, but also I came at it from being in the Harry Draco fandom, so... That could <laughs> help. me kicking and screaming. For <laughs> that could help. Yeah, no, that definitely helped a whole lot. So can I just start with what I wrote most of my book to just review can about? Can I say what I liked about it first? I guess so. You want to go. Okay, go ahead. I, okay, fine. Go for it. Mm -hmm. uh, when Rainbow is describing this book at the end in her author note, she says, I just want to be clear, this story was inspired by hundreds of Chosen One stories that, that I have enjoyed throughout my reading life. And that's how this, th what this came from. I call BS. Okay. This is a Harry Potter inspired story. I think what she really means is that it's hundreds of Harry Potter fan fictions. Is that <laughs> what she means? Potter. Okay. 
Quite possibly. Because honestly, the way that the Harry Potter like fandom developed, having like started, really got off, uh, like got took off, took off is the word, not got off. It's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> also, maybe that, but yeah. Took off, like, during, like, the fifth book when things started to get serious. They started, you know, yeah. imagining ways that the story could end. A yeah. lot of fan fiction ended up doing things that were really unusual and cool that sort of made people not so happy with the way that the actual books ended. Sure. Yeah. Which happens a lot with, like, long-term stories. But I have read many, many different kinds of endings that sort of really changed the way that the, the magic and system works in the Harry yeah. Potter world. So I can see it as Jake, that. J.K. Rowling was a little bit fast and loose with her magic system mm-hmm. towards the last books and like what could happen and what couldn't what happen. Rules and could what rules could be broken. Yeah, and exactly. So, and I think that a lot of people kind of think she had a cop-out, a bit of a cop-out ending <laughs> with some of the ways that she did the last book. So yeah, I think fan fiction explored some other ways that it could have ended that yeah. people maybe liked better than how it actually ended. So, so yeah, I was just a little bit irked that she just didn't come out and say, you know, state the obvious. Is she that legally this is, allowed to say that? That's probably, that's probably like what was in play. Like, her legal team probably was like, maybe you shouldn't specifically mention that. It's obvious enough that everybody can Probably. It out. But just to summarize for the people at home, clearly Simon is Harry, Boz is Draco, uh, Penelope is pretty much a combination of Ron and Hermione. Uh, Agatha just doesn't deserve to be there, so she should be no, watched she's off. she's like Lavender Brown or something. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the mage is Dumbledore slash Snape, I guess people say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, full on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's pretending to be Dumbledore, but he's actually Snape. And yeah, and Draco's family kind of carries on from there. Carries on. Um, okay, so that, that's just... You know, as that being the last part of the book that you read is her author note, that left me pissed off. But now you can describe some of the positives. Okay. Honestly, I really liked Penelope as a character. I thought that mm-hmm. she was an interesting riff on a Hermione-type character, where she's very dr- driven and... Uh, Knowledge-focused. Knowledge-focused, but her coming from a very magical family... A Weasley fan. The Weasley fan, Yeah, based, and, and right. having this very... Like, she's much more grounded in, like her loyalty you see that much more so than with Hermione where that really only comes in like every once in a while and with Ron that's part of his character growth is that he is loyal but he's very quick to judge or quick to assume the worst about people Mm -hmm. even his friends and has a hard time like trusting the intentions of his friendship sometimes so I think that the ways that they changed Hermione's character up also they made her explicitly a person of color is like actually brown um but uh yeah, I really liked Penelope. I thought that she was one of my favorite characters. And I also really liked Agatha. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which we can kind of go into. But she's definitely, like, explicitly a, like, like satirizing some elements of Chosen One narratives, especially at the end. And I really In liked... In what ways? Well, it's, like, the idea that there's always the, the girl who's the damsel in distress, who's yeah. so beautiful, who's the one who is there to be claimed at the end of the narrative and, sh- and show that the main character has made it through all the trials and is not going to have a happily ever after. So well, she's- even Ginny turned into that quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All of her all of her good characterizations and stuff turned into like she's just waiting for Harry kind of. Mm-hmm. Or it was like she was just the little kid character until she was ready to be that yes. happy ending character. Or and then the suddenly, prize the Yeah, and then suddenly the- she became like the perfect like Harry's perfect mate, like she just like suddenly becomes really funny and like yeah, comes into her own. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but whereas Agatha is really 
introverted and has like very little interest in the magical world and you she's know, her own person she's really her own person and the fact that she decides at the end like you know what i've wow. just been trying to uh conform to like a society that i really don't give a shit about doesn't yeah. give a shit about me like I'm, i don't want to be the person who just sits around waiting to get rescued or to get paid attention to yeah. i want to be my own person and she like just fucks off and does her own thing and it's great that's the what I liked the most about her was the way that her story ended and the way she was like, mm-hmm. this is not for me. I'm out. Yeah. And it's very, in the beginning though, I think probably her character is the one where you can see the way the book developed from like a plot bunny into a full fledged novel. Yeah. yeah. Cause at the beginning when she's like weirdly pining over Baz or Baz, yeah. however, is very weird and especially does not really match up well with the end. Yeah. But it's, it is a very like teenager type thing where it's yeah. like, I'm not really satisfied with my current relationship. So I'm going to after have a crush on someone. Super unattainable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, as unattainable as they can be. Actually, undead and gay. <laughs> yes. Could not be gayer or deader. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Did we say Baz is a vampire? Baz is a vampire. <laughs> a gay that. vampire. A gay vampire. Um, I mean, does he actually explicitly say that he's gay? I think he only says he's queer. But Okay, a queer vampire. Either here or mm-hmm. He's definitely gay, though, I would think, in terms of, like, where he falls on the Kinsey scale. He's, yes. like, higher up. Whereas uh, Simon is probably more the towards the middle. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't really, like, Simon doesn't really label himself either, does he? No. He's like, I guess I'm gay now? And I'm like, no, you're not. He's, like, uh-huh. a little bit, um, demisexual. Yeah. Like, yep. he mm-hmm. doesn't seem to, like, feel sexual attraction or, like, recognize lust unless it's, like... Very strong. Very strong. attachment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whether that's, like, anger or hatred or what, <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. Um... I really liked the magic system. I thought it was simple, oh, but really yep. elegantly mm-hmm. done and really interesting. I thought that I thought you. That's I wrote, one of the things I thought you would like about the book was the magic system. I wrote that in my review. I thought that was one of the biggest highlights. Just I'm just saying that reading you it, right I was like, that. I don't know if you're gonna like all of the narrative stuff, and I don't know if you'll get yeah, all of the. I got. One I mean, links, I love but... Harry Potter. Everyone here has read Harry Potter, right? <laughs> Okay. No. Um, <laughs> I have not. Just the fan fiction. None, yeah. of the, none of the books. I've never mean, actually read the books. I, I'm, I was never to an obsession level really with it, but the spells were always one thing that I could not care less about. Like I, the Latin I never Latin memorized a single spell. Roots. Yeah. And in this case, it was just so clever and uh, just so fun. We never actually said what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like any sort of um, commonly used cliche or phrase or, or song, lyric, or, song lyric or anything like that. And the more popular it is and the more that people use it and understand what it means, the stronger the effects There's of the like spell are. There's like some lexicon influence where it's like, you know, the power of the language, like you can unlock sort of like unknown powers just by saying words in a certain order. Yeah. And for example, like come out, come out wherever you are, like that is a spell that would like make lost objects appear or yeah. something like that or um my favorite well, one is ollie ollie oxen free no but there's one toward the end where it's like uh baz like pulls out this like old school spell it's like on love's light wings to fly and you, it only works if you understand the like 16th century valve shift and if you're desperately in love oh, yeah. oh baz <laughs> Like, you have to, like, really understand, like, how to phrase it properly. And so the that, context. Yeah. It, yeah. And there's, and there can also be different nuances. Like, there's something, there's a lot of things about how Simon, because he's very powerful, is able to, like, supercharge spells, but he's not a very, well, he's not a, he puts word, he's not a very verbal person. Yeah. So his, like, deep understanding, his, like, understanding of English, like, his, his verbal SAT score would be quite low, I think. Yes. He, like, doesn't but, really get the... 
nuances of a lot of metaphors so his come out very literal and sometimes yeah. can go awry in very funny yeah. ways and because of his upbringing too he wasn't mm-hmm. like he doesn't have like the same education that baz and agatha had because he was like an orphan and yeah well i mean part of the reason why his verbal skills are quite low is because he, he was not neglected yeah and, yeah um i'm trying to think of some of the other really funny um spells off the top of my head and i did not prepare them but um that's okay yeah i just thought it was really interesting the way they use that because it, it's it's a kind of a simple magic system. It's not something super complicated with all these crazy rules and stuff, but it also leaves a lot of room for interpretation and a lot of room for um, kind of improvisation within the plot. True. But it's very easy to understand picking it up. Like, you don't... It's not a very complex magic system. Yeah. Right, and it works in the context of... I mean, Rainbow Royale throws you into... Is it year eight in her universe, I think? Year seven, seven. Eight. yeah. Okay. But, you know, she basically fast-forwards through, like, the first whole chunk of Harry Potter, you know, yeah, so history. Yes, they meet and this, and they start to take classes, right. and, like, so she just yeah, it does all, It does often kind of read, like, it would be the eighth novel in a book, where there's, like, little tiny snippets of something, like, oh, remember yeah. when that happened in, like, two books ago, just to remind you it happened, and yeah. you're like, what is this about randomly fighting a whatever it was? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed that part. Yes. Can I just kind of describe the ride that I was on? Go ahead, honey. So the book started, and I was like, I'm... first I was worried it was going to be just like the fangirl excerpts. Do you want to try some of this rosé? Actually, yes. Once, I was like, okay, it's not just like that. I told you it's it like, wasn't okay. just like that. Oh, I could definitely chug this. Right? <laughs> oh, no. Do you want some? <laughs> no. You can share it. I don't need this whole thing. I'm still working on this. Okay. Oh, actually, I'm almost done with this. I'll steal some later. Okay. So then I was, like, kind of judging the beginning parts against Harry Potter. Like, because there are such similarities in terms of yes. the, the scenery and the setting and the school and all that yeah. stuff. And the house. Well, I actually, have houses, actually, is there? No houses. Nope. No, it's more, it's actually more, like, actual British, like, roommate school style. systems. Yeah. Where you're in, like, different colleges. Like, it's basically just dormitories. Yeah. Um, so I kind of liked, I was fine with Simon at the beginning. Okay. I did not care about Agatha at the beginning, and that's why I didn't, wasn't very invested in her finale. Fair enough. Um, I was like really anxious for Baz to show up. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's like a decent size lead up. Mm-hmm. He literally walks in at the end of the first book, and yeah. then he's like the POV character in the first part of the second book. Remember, and the whole thing was Heather was like, both times I read this, I know that there was a point where, like, the, it was it's slow to get into, and then there's a point where you just really get into it, and I was like, it's definitely when Boz comes in. <laughs> yeah, probably, because I remember thinking, like, yeah, this is fine, like, I'm enjoying it enough to keep reading, yeah. and then all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, this is amazing, I need to see where this goes, mm-hmm, and yeah. the second I read it, it was the same exact thing, I was kind of like, oh yeah, this book is fine, this is what I remembered, and then it reaches a point where it's just, like, full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. So around that time, I got super, super optimistic. Because I was, I was like, wow, she's done something really impressive here. Like, she has constructed an entire Harry Potter world in, like, 150 pages, you know, with almost, like, seven imaginary books in the past as yeah. well. Like, it had a spell system. It had the setup the, of the college. It had the dynamics between the friends and the lovers and all that stuff. And all the food that Simon <laughs> eats. Why is that always, like, author's <laughs> default? Like, because oh, my character poor. doesn't have doesn't have a special quality. I'll make them love food. Because they're poor. Mm-hmm. And this is their first time of getting to eat a lot? Yeah, You can eat good food. To eat as much regularly. as you want and quality food. Mm-hmm. And doesn't 
Whatever. Why did Ron eat all the time? Because he's poor. Mm-hmm. And has six poor? siblings. They were so poor. Yeah, they were dirt poor. Oh. So poor. Literally dirt poor. That's the whole they point of all that. of the stuff. That, he yeah. has like hand-me-down robes and right, his right, right. brother's one that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And like right. yeah. second-hand watch. And then that's why like Ron's present is a new watch because he never got new things. And Harry's present is a family watch because he never had family things to pass down. Okay, yeah. so. I do think that this book did a bit of a better job on like actually making it textual that like the chosen one character is like super messed up and like yeah. just not socialized properly as a child like that's very that's like a big focus in a lot of different like harry potter fan fictions yeah. like harry had like a really shitty childhood and like he was like literally abused yeah kids in cupboards yeah don't it. come out fine mm-hmm. and yeah it makes it seem like until the fifth book it's just like he's fine he just doesn't know magic and he uh-huh. didn't have parents but everything else is fine he's mm-hmm. neurotypical you're fine <laughs> so in the middle of the book i was like all right i think this is going to be great I was like, oh, they're taking Christmas break. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be some lovey-dovey shenanigans going on, perhaps. There's going to be some investigation into a mystery. Mm-hmm. They're all going to come back. There's going to be weird shit happening on the soccer pitch. Like, it's going to turn out there's a there's a, a lot of flipped things in the soccer game. And it's going to be like a magical version of soccer. It's going to be awesome. There's they're going to go running around the... The, the grounds of the of the school. It's going to be so cool. There's going to be an epic finale leading up to the end of the school year. And yeah, then you should write some fan fiction. The <laughs> entire last 300 pages is all the winter holiday break. Yep. And it becomes a Rainbow Rowell teenage novel with some backwards context about vampires and magic. So you and I had the very opposite feelings about this book. I think so. Because in the beginning, I was kind of like, well, this is building kind of slow, but I'm into it. It's interesting, whatever. And then I really loved the second half of it. And you seemed like you had the opposite feelings, that you liked the beginning and thought it disappointed you. Yeah. This right? is interesting because now I've read it twice. I read it once almost exactly a year ago and then yeah. once this year, right like before yesterday. I came over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I started on the plane ride over and then was just reading it in my spare time. Um, the first time I read it, I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then I really got into it um, and like raced through it and read like the last 300 pages in one sitting. I yeah. stayed up until like 4 a.m. It was great. I, was I like, remember that. You, you messaged me and you were mm-hmm. like, I stayed up all night reading this book. I couldn't yeah. stop. Yep. It was so good. I also did that with In Other Lands. So obviously mm-hmm. I, I have a type. Um, Both of which I recommend. Yeah, I know. Um, so, but like, yeah, so that time I was, I was like really into it. And I remember getting really into the mystery and following along and sort of like feeling very invested in them figuring things out. But this time, because I knew the twists and yeah. I knew what the, the the way that the book ended, I felt like the second half of the book was kind of rushed yeah. because I didn't, because I already knew what it was and I wasn't rushing along to try to find out yeah. what, the, what, this, what the thing was going to be. And you're right, the pacing is off the second half because it's like so much time passes in the beginning. And then... Right. And then, yeah, it's really two weeks condensed into into that. Yeah. Part of the book. Um, so I did sort of have some issues with the way that it, it the pacing happened, especially the last couple chapters when, like, literally yeah. the shit hits the fan. Yeah. They finally get back to Watford, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this isn't the end. Like, there's got to be, like, a Battle of Hogwarts type thing. And there is, but it's in one very small room with only, like, the four major players of the whole book. Yeah. It just, it made the whole universe feel very small, where in the beginning of the book I was like, I see what she's doing. Like, she's really only developed a few characters and a few details about the universe, but it still feels very big. Then I got Mm -hmm. to the end and I was like, 
it's all just a, a shadow. It's all very, very narrow in the end. I appreciated that she did not pretend the Major's a good dude at the end, though, because mm-hmm. that's my, yeah. like, I know some people who Dumbledore is their favorite character. I'm like, he was such a shady... Snape's great. He, he was in love. Anyone in love can never do anything always, terrible. Always, always. Um, Unrequited love makes you a hero no matter what. Yeah, like, Dumbledore and Snape are both played off as people that, like, were problematic but still heroes and still had the best intentions of all that and in this book it's like the maid the maid just like nah he fucked up like mm-hmm. he's not a good dude yeah um especially when you find out like the further reveals mm-hmm. it's it's fucked up he's a terrible oh, yeah. dude terrible dude really but he's bad. like canonically terrible whereas mm-hmm. i think with harry potter like dumbledore and snape are like they've redeemed themselves <laughs> and it's like but did mm-hmm. they yeah um i mean I don't want to spoil the big twist, but I do want to say that... Can I spoil one thing at the end? Spoilers. Spoilers. The mage dies. And I thought that that was, like, more shocking the second time I read it. Because the way that he ends up dying is a spell gets cast that has some unintended effects, and he basically dies because of it. And I was like, whoa, that's so dark. The the, The reason why he dies is very subtextual. I mean, like, you, you get it because you've been reading the entire other 400 pages of the yeah. book, yeah. but it's not explicitly stated why this happens, and then you, it just sits with you, and it's, he's, like, really not a good guy, and there's, and it's, like, in the one, from page one, and all the, when, you know, Penelope and her, is saying how her mom thinks he's sexist, yeah. and he totally is, and even, like, that part, just going forward from there, like, you just see, there's, like, a whole lot in his background where he just did not do good shit yeah. all his life. And that, that was actually the part I was least interested, though, was the, um, the, like, disembodied voice oh, that turns yeah. out to be the ghost that, mm-hmm. whatever. It was so, yeah, the way so did not care about up, that. She cleans up all the backstories by giving them their own chapters. I just didn't care about that, like, disembodied ghost Lucy, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I did I did not care about her the first time, the second time, not even a little bit. Like I so, I understand it's yeah. important to the find some of the final reveals, but I just didn't give a shit about that and mystery. For me, the style of the book, I can't remember the last any book that I've enjoyed that has multiple points of view, especially if they're all first person. That just it grates me beyond belief. I just but I liked all of their voices, except for Lucy. I thought that Lucy's, Lucy's was the most grating of all of them. Yeah, and just not, I was not intrigued, and I'm not a big mystery person, like, for mystery's sake. Mm-hmm. And I found hers just, I didn't care. It was not compelling. It was not... That uh, weird, like, lovely bones element that I was just yes. not there for. <laughs> no, not there for it. Yeah, for me, it's just, I think it's the way my brain works, that when I have four, or it ends up being, like, six or seven characters all using the word I... It just, it does something and it doesn't compute for me. See, I usually have a problem with, like, rapid point of view switches, like, mid-chapter, mid-sentence, whatever. Like, I really didn't like, um, did you read When Diplomat Rishi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did not like it. Okay. Um, I liked it a lot, but it's okay. I was f- overall fine with the story. I really, it really graded me the way that the author switched perspectives with them really like quickly and just mm-hmm. like in the middle of scenes and stuff and like for some reason in that book it did not work for me whereas in this book it worked for me and it doesn't yeah. usually work for me and it did yeah i think part of the reason why it works well in this book um is because they each have their own distinctive voices yeah and they do sound very different and part of the reason why things get exciting when baz shows up is because his actual internal voice is very funny mm-hmm. yes i agree with he's that. he's very witty he has these like little asides like he puts parentheticals in his own thoughts <laughs> And of course, I Did love you that kind of character. When I write that, 
Hey. Um, but it's if it's like a first person, then whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so and a lot of his little like quips that he puts in are literally just things that he thinks to himself that he finds funny, and you get to find funny because you're in yeah. there with him. Sure. So I so his his especially was my favorite, which is not a surprise to anyone who's ever Sames. met me. Same. But Simon's was very unique to him and had like a lot of elements of his own life. And like you said, his upbringing and kind of yeah, how that exactly. screwed him up and how he is not properly socialized. Mm -hmm. and yeah. And then Penelope, as I said, part of what I really liked about her was that you got to see it from her perspective and you saw her focus and her loyalty from her own perspective and what she, how she thought about it. And the like parts where she was like, sometimes I just wish that I could like run away with Simon and just like keep him safe. I was like, that really is something that you don't see from Hermione at all because you never get inside her head. Yeah. But she obviously went through stuff like that with her parents and stuff. Yeah. And you never really get to see that in the books. You're just like, she did this really, really big deal thing and it's just never touched on. Yeah, it's, it's like only from the whole time. Because it's only from Harry's perspective. Yeah. So I, I did like, and, as, and as, as I said, Agatha's one of those characters where you don't like her at first and then you sort of see where she's coming from and yeah. she gets to have her own thought process at the end. But. Yeah, I was fine with the main character perspectives, yeah. but I just, yeah, like the random ghost like perspective, it reminded me of um, The Raven Cycle, which I know you want <laughs> to read and haven't read. Um, but the last book of that, like all of a sudden just branches off into all these different points of view of new characters and like kind of disembodied characters and just like it's just like why am I reading about this and it just seems sloppy sometimes mm -hmm. to have all of a sudden these other perspectives like could you just not figure out how to work that into the narrative and that's kind of how I felt about Lucy's tone like the rest of them I thought they they had their own value to see their perspectives mm -hmm. on it and like you said to show some different sides of the chosen one trope and how it affects the people around them yeah but the Lucy I do think that do her, her major point in the novel is to make you realize the twist before the twist actually happens. Mm -hmm. So once you know the twist, it's even more like you just don't give a crap about yeah. what she's saying. Yeah. Because the whole point is that you're reading what she's saying and you start to understand what it really means to the overall narrative and you're like, oh my god. Um, See, I never even had that because I was just like, I'm sick of reading about this perspective. Like, I, it was important, but it wasn't, I don't know. There's also a Hagrid imitator as well. I was going to say, how have we not talked about Eb is so good. Yes, Eb is one of my favorites. Ebenezer. With the, and then her, what was her brother's actual name? It was like Nicodemus, Nicodemus or something? Yeah, yeah. Nico. That's a good, a good set of magical names. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, she was great. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think I got all my feelings you out. You got all your feelings out? Yep. Are you going to read the, the sequel? Mm. Are you sure? Yeah. What if I tell you it's really good? Probably not. We'll wow. see. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Two years from now, if we're still doing this podcast. Oh, boy. It'll be like my fifth guest. <laughs> At <laughs> least. Then you'll have to read it. Yes. Probably. I still think we're going to have to do a live from New York episode. Oh, yeah. Full on. And you're going to either have to call in or oh, just gosh. ask. Okay. <laughs> Babe. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you want to change your mind and come with us and get a ticket. To the Cursed Child? No, yeah. my Harry and Potter Comic -Con. canon ends. Ends with the Goblet of Fire, actually, is where my canon ends. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, this house is turning into a sweat a sweat box, so mm -hmm. we got to steamroll along here. Okay, so we are also going to throw in another literary thing. Four main topics, folks. You're getting your money's worth. Um, this really should have been two episodes. Yep. Too lazy to split it. Um, we are also going to talk about Fence. The comic by C.S. Picat and Joanna the Mad. And mostly I wanted to talk about it while Elizabeth was here because 
you are, I feel like, more familiar with comics than I am to some extent. To some extent. So and... these are not cartoons. We call these comics. Again, prior to this, the, my only involvement was the Bible illustrated version. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, first question. At the top, we see C.S. Picat's name, jo Johanna the Mad, and then Joanna LaFuente. Is that and she is, she is listed in here as colors by. What does that mean? She oh, picked this she's color? She's a colorist. No, she actually colors it. On she the computer? Draw it, though? On the computer? No. What? So basically, C.S. Picat writes the script. Yeah. Yep. Joanna does the paneling, the inking, yep. the drafting, and then as they're working towards the final stage, a colorist yeah. will come in and help do just the coloring. Okay. And to add... Uh, what's, what's it called? You know, when it like makes it so everything sort of matches each other. Well, we'll get into that in episode one. Or... Yeah, where the colors sort of all blend well in terms of pages and uh, emotions and things like that. Yeah. The main reason that I wanted to talk about this while you were here was because neither of us... Mm -hmm. Well, let's describe the, the series before Got we get Got the twist that. at the end. Yeah. Which... Remember I messaged you and I was like, I don't understand the end of the first issue. <laughs> And we'll get into like, it. Obviously, but tell but the he, people what okay, fence is so about. Okay, so fence right? is about fencing. Ah, um, because C.S. Picat, close personal friend of mine, was she is a fencer slash she like fenced. And I know, like, ice thousand degrees in here. I'm sorry, you can open the door. So, <laughs> um, so she and I met ice skating, but she also did fencing. And at the time, she was telling me about her fencing lessons and her fencing. So coach. you were like an inspiration almost. I was like an early um, advisor, maybe. Okay, um, I don't see you here in the. <laughs> Colors by inspiration by. <laughs> um, what, are they, what are they called them? Alpha readers? The people yes. who, like, if you're like, alpha you're pre alpha. Discusser. Yeah. Um, she was telling me about the fencing lesson she was taking in her fencing coach and how, she was, how she was getting like uneven muscles from her fencing lessons. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that I had that from softball. So I talked to her about it, but I didn't know what it was for because at the time, fence had not been announced yet, but she obviously had started yeah. working on it. Um, so it is. Basically a Western take on, like, sports manga. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically fencing. Yeah. Well, it's... Okay, so it would be Go. a... What is you. manga, first of all? Shonen manga. It's yeah. Manga is basically Japanese comics, okay. but the style has evolved. Like, it basically came out of the same, you know, like, post-Disney, like, the comics phenomenon um, with the same sort of, you know, like post-war themes and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's developed its own way of telling narratives and its own panel styles and things like that. Um, so it's kind of a different medium than Western comics. Uh, but yeah, so there's... A, there's the, One of the great things about manga, I think, having grown up with it, is that there are shonen and shoujo manga, shonen being boys' manga and oh. shoujo being girls' manga, and neither of them are really look down upon. They both have their own like pit, uh, temples of the genre um, that are then big classics and they do different things and sometimes there's cross-genre uh, interest. Anyway. So one of the big shonen genres is sports. Obviously you get that community, the school feelings, you know, your, your camaraderie. camaraderie with your, you know, your teammates and all other stuff. And like rivalries uh -huh. and in team rivalry, homoerotic, yeah, erotic subtext, and that is why shonen sports manga are the most popular manga. Shonen manga among women is because <laughs> they tend to focus on a lot of boys having a lot of deep emotional connections with one another, 
And so you end up getting these homoerotic pairing things that happen, um, especially in the mangas that she cite, cites as like influences on yeah. events, such as Haikyuu, which is about volleyball mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, Yuri on Ice is her, her favorite. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, Yuri on Ice is, I would even it's argue, is not a shonen. It's definitely more geared directly toward women. But anyway. Um, <clears throat> but Hikaru no Go is her other favorite, too, which Hikaru I have no Go is definitely a shonen. It was in Shonen Jump. So that one is definitely a shonen. Um, which also has a big rivalry as, like, the, the main emotional arc of the story. But, so the idea here is to take the idea of this all of the things that make shonen manga great and then translate it into a Western-style comic hmm. that is sort of about, you know, a, a American school, one assumes. I haven't quite figured that out yet. Um, I'm not sure. That. Is it meant to be Australian or American? Do not know. Could be either. Some sort but of... she's very Australian and she fenced in Sydney. Yeah, so it could be that they are in... I think they're in Europe. But boom! Europe? Is... I don't think they're in Europe. I think it's I either got to be America or Australia. Yeah, but um, to have it sort of be moved into like the Western comics world and see if it could be translated. And I would argue that there are some hiccups along the way. <laughs> I, um, I guess I'll let you talk again in a minute, but I'm going to make you drink a little bit more first. Um, <laughs> okay. I, as someone who has, like, literally never read a comic before in my life, other than, um, I definitely had, like, the Rats of Nim, like, graphic novel or comic as a child that, like, scarred me. Um, but I've not, like, read comics before. Um, and it's just, like, not enough for me. <laughs> it, I really struggle with the pacing and how slow it is and how, like, nothing happens in each issue. And I, I think that knowing that I might have wanted to wait till like the trade issue paperback whatever were out so that I could have read more of it at once and had a little bit more of an arc because I I wanted to like pre-order it and support her and I wanted to read it as soon as I possibly could but like it's not enough to catch my attention or catch my interest all the way. Like if I didn't already really like C.S. Picat and if I didn't really like Joanna the Mad's like art style I don't know that I would have like gone and ordered like the next set of it because it's just like it's just I'm not used to comics and I'm not used to how limited each issue is. Mm -hmm. I just feel like by the time I'm getting into it, it's over. Yeah, and I, I'm struggling with that. Even now that there's been like eight, the eighth one literally came today, and I like forced these two to read it immediately before this podcast so we could be up to date. It's I just want more of it, and mm -hmm. I guess that's a compliment in some ways that I'm interested enough that I want more of it but it also just like it's definitely not the best genre for me because I am a very fast reader and I want to know what happens and it just there's not enough content yeah. for me. Um, yeah so I can sort of speak with that as well which is that my biggest issue with this is that I still cannot believe that we're eight issues in and we're still in the middle of tryouts. Like, yeah. are you freaking kidding me? It's just taking forever. Like, if this was a... So basically, with manga, it's really not that much of a difference in terms of page count, but they're because of the way that they've developed their systems of paneling and things like that, they get a lot of information into quite a few pages, quite a small number of pages. Yeah. Um, more happens in each, uh, each... In a manga. Each chapter of a manga. Like... If you're going to watch, like, you've seen Haikyuu, the anime, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I would say that no oh, more than no more than two chapters is ever included in an anime episode. Okay. So like, if there's you know like the halfway point when they do the little commercial break, maybe those are each a separate chapter. Maybe yeah. there's a third one and they've just condensed it because it's like a, a throwaway chapter where like nothing really happens, or it's like a cute side story yeah. or something. So if you have enough information to expand that into 15 minutes of content, like, that's a lot of information. Whereas this, and especially like with Haikyuu or with uh, Okiku Furi Kabute, the Ofuri, as you would say, big wind-up. Yes. Um, that's just, that's gone through so many different iterations in terms of names. This is bad. But um, that's about baseball. Which um, we have started very slowly watching. Yeah. the uh, You get into the formation of the team fairly quickly because you want to have all those inter interpersonal dynamics happening as soon as possible because that's what's really going to suck in your readers. And this is, we're still doing tryouts, we're still creating the like final team and like Seiji, who's one of the main characters, he disappeared for like four chapters there. Yeah. yeah. So like it's just it's just a very very small amount of information, which is really a limitation of Western. So this is a normal size of a Western comic. Yeah. And how many chapters are we expecting for this first run or whatever? The first one already ended. It was like six. Four. It was like six or seven. I think it was the oh, first wow. four. It was the first four. Oh, I think geez. it was the first four. No, yeah. Because that's when I got my email that was like, don't you want to renew? Or no, actually, no, they expanded it to five. I think it was the mm -hmm. first five. And then the next five is the next run. Mm -hmm. And I forget what she has said, like, on her Twitter about how much, like, the first season or whatever is. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's only, like, 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. I would, I think the first season... I'm, I'm sure that's not really how you say it, but, like, the <laughs> first... In, I'm thinking of it in my head of, like, Haiku and like Yoni yeah. Nights and whatever other ones I've watched. I think the first season is just them getting through the tryouts and finding the team. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. yeah it's just... So I think there's going to be either two or four more um, issues, chapters, whatever, of like still the tryouts. And I know a lot of it is because it seems to be more focused on like intra team dynamics versus external team rivalries. Mm -hmm. Like I yeah. think Haiku does a little bit of both in terms of. Um, Kageyama and, um, what's his face? Hinata. Hinata. Um, yeah. their rivalry, but then there's a lot of other team rivalries as well, whereas it seems like this has set up a little bit of other team rivalries with the Exton boys and, like, the number one, mm -hmm. but a lot of it so far is within the team. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just very slow moving for me, and it, that doesn't mean that I'm not interested in the characters and what's happening and stuff, but I just have a hard time, like, getting into it or getting obsessive about it because there's, like, not mm -hmm. enough there for me to focus on. Totally. I struggle with that. Yeah. And, I mean, like, part of the reason why this is going to be, like, a great story that, you know, was billed to us from the beginning as a major, like, component is that the main rivalry, which usually is the characters who get shipped in a shonen manga, are actually endgame. They're going to be a pairing. Yeah. And, like, the two main guys are going to get together at some point. So knowing that going in and having one of those guys just disappear for four chapters is very weird and yeah. it doesn't really give you a chance to like create an overall like f feeling or like an investment in those characters yeah. or in their dynamic speaking of that man here he is on one page <laughs> looking Seiji like a, a dapper nathan chen it is an audio drama <laughs> <laughs> and Thank now you. we Thank flip you. to the last page and this is some dude from el dorado i think <laughs> No, he has an. Uh, he has a. I little know he has a mole, but barely. 
That is not the same person. So I guess spoilers. I don't think anybody listening to it's this literally is the pick first this fifteen up. pages the of the first show. fifteen pages is you get introduced to Seiji, you get introduced cool. to what's his name. Nicholas. Nicholas, yeah. And then you find out in the very last panel that Nicholas's roommate is indeed Seiji, even though Seiji was supposed to go to this other fancy prep yeah. school. Um, and he's found El Dorado. But the actual art of that panel does not look like Seiji to me or to you. No. Yeah, no, I, I didn't notice it. I mean, like, I knew because... I, from context clues and knowing that sure. they were going to be roommates, I knew that was him, but it is... A, I did yeah. not know. I was just like, I don't get it. Like, because yeah. it seems like, he's my roommate, and I'm like, right. who is he? Like, it just I just like a like, weird white so, guy. Felt this... so flat for me. Like, yeah. I did not... He does look like like Nathan, like an angry Nathan Chen. In this one, yeah. 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 In most of his... Um, yeah his shots but yeah i didn't get it i literally messaged you and i was like what did i miss did i <laughs> did i miss something i don't understand you were like it's sagey and i was like what no it's not and i'm like flip back and i still so i actually like, like most of it i mm-hmm. can't stand you said earlier that you didn't like any of it i can't stand nicholas though that's a problem yeah he, really? uh, his dialogue specifically he's just he has all this unfounded confidence and it, i don't find it like inspiring or that's like, such a shonen like cliche though. Okay. He also has that thing where he just yells all his lines, yes. which is also mm-hmm. a shonen thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. always the character that's just angry and yelling things, and I'm like, why are you yelling? Right. That was part of the reason I like, could not watch any more of Attack on Titan, which I know is not a sports um, anime, but it is shonen though, so you're they're yeah. just yelling. Like every single line is just someone yelling and angry and crying to the point that like it was like overwhelming for me. Like it was like sensory overload of <laughs> yeah. emotions. Just everything was just these super, super heightened emotions that like stressed me out. Is that how Japanese people feel walking around all day long? The opposite yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. The opposite, the yeah. opposite oh. of that. They're very repressed mm-hmm. huh. emotionally. The, the big um, like joke is that in all these like high school mangas, they're always cutting class and going to hang out on the roof. And there's always, Nobody ever does there's that. always a, like a, a there's always like a whole group of people who are like the rebels who are yeah. always like doing really badly. And in real life, no kids do that. Like if you like, like the whole joke is that people who are like studying and they're asking their like actual Japanese classmates like, Oh, does that really happen? They're like, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very much like escapism. Like, and a lot of like openly expressing emotions in the yeah. show because they can't in their lives. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's so much crying and yelling and emoting all over the screen mm-hmm. slash page. Yeah. Okay. So what's your takeaway from, like, from Fence? I really like it. I mean, I enjoy it for what it is. My problem is that I just cannot believe how slowly it is moving. It's just so slow. That makes me feel a little better because I thought it was just me because I'm not used to the pace of a comic, which I think partly it is. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. someone who will, like, I know it makes you angry, but I will, like, just sit and read a whole book if I'm into it and I'm liking it and I have the time. I'll just, like, sit and fly (laughs) through a book. Whatever. Um... I know both of you are angry at me about this. You weren't here the other day. You were at work, but she was talking about how it made her angry. Good. Fast too. Mm-hmm. And that you're hurting the people you love. That, appear- that apparently I do a thing that I pictured in my head, and that's about how you learn to read. What were you trying to tell me? Oh, it's this whole thing about how some people, if you learn to read before you're taught in school, you can end up learning to read in a way where you take in the words visually, and then your brain will interpret that whole paragraph of information Ugh. as one piece of information and then they'll skip to the next one. Whereas people who were taught to read in school are taught yeah. to sound out each yeah. vowel and to read it basically as if you're hearing it in your head. You're a mutant, you hear? <laughs> Which takes a lot longer. 
And so people who do the other way tend to be very, very, like, speed, speed readers. And very annoying, and too, I hear. And that's me that's what i always try to explain to you is that when i'm reading a book it's, it's like pictures in my head it's like a tv show in my head i'm not like re like yeah, I, mean, I, I do that too but, but like, i also have to like it's i'm listening like the speed no. of which which this is happening is a lot slower <laughs> and that's why audiobooks are so slow and boring for me for the most yeah. part is that like my speed of processing a book is faster than an audiobook and audiobooks are too slow for me and it bugs me and I okay. listen to wrapping up fence best favorite character go one character who's your favorite bobby <laughs> Oh, uh, the coach? She's cool. Harvard's the best. Yeah, okay. I would take that. After this most recent chapter, I'm, like, getting yeah. back into Seiji. But I, like, forgot about him for chapters because mm. yeah. he like, wasn't around. Okay. We gotta, we gotta do lightning round now. Okay. Upcoming stuff. I've got three. Do you want to go first? I see the one you have, and it's also on my list, and I think you also mentioned it, so go. Joss Whedon, rebooting Buffy... <sighs> And in the title, it has to mention that Buffy will be a black actress. I That's important. I don't care anything about the actress. If Joss Whedon is doing it again, like, no mm -hmm. thank you. Yep. No thank you. Pass. I'm so over Joss Whedon. He was fine as, like, a 90s male feminist, whatever. Like, they're just, no, not anymore. We're over mm -hmm. it. And he is not. He's such a fake feminist. And I would I, be more excited if it was Buffy's being rebooted with the black female director. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit about the actress. Apparently, like, yeah, a he's not, he's not, apparently it will have a female showrunner. He's yeah, just, but if he's involved yeah. at all, yeah. I, I don't believe that he's going to be able to like, give it up and like, let someone else do it. <laughs> um, hot takes on Nathan Fillion. Go. What? Don't have a lot because I never watched um, Firefly. Firefly. What is it? What is Nathan, Nathan Fillion? Fillion? What's In the, the Whedon Enterprise? Is he doing something? I don't... What's the... Well, my upcoming thing is that there's talks about a uncharted movie or TV show based on the video game that we were talking a couple yeah. weeks back because he looks almost identical to the character in the game. Oh, but he doesn't anymore. That's... No, and that's yeah. part of the issue is that I guess he's like 50 now, and mm -hmm. if you you saw me play the game, this sure. man is hanging from cliffs like 23 <laughs> hours out of... Out of the day. Yes, that's the only fun yeah. part of the game is you get to like... So, so like Kevin Bacon in Footloose, he will need three stunt doubles and a dance double. <laughs> and to be a gymnast, secret gymnast. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that probably won't happen. And last one, we're introducing a new game to Digital, digital Get Down. Are we? Which is that, will this make Bennett want to read Dune? <laughs> no, the answer is always going to be no. Don't spoil the game. What? I'm just saying. Yeah, I that was going to be... That okay. was going to be the joke. Go, babe. Timothy Chalamet <gasps> might be in the new Dune oh, movie. Oh, he would be so good in that. But no, I will still not read it. He would be so good in it, though, because he like, looks slightly alien. Yep. You know what, though? Harsh but true. I, I'm not in a negative way. I feel like this is like the worst thing to say as like a person who say loves it. books, but I often like to watch the, uh, the TV or movie adaptation. Have you seen Dune? I read no, that doesn't count. Okay. Um, before I like, I want to see the big. If there's a big adaptation, I want to see that, and then like I'll Game decide if I want to read Outlander. the books. Exactly. Mm. Um, see, we were talking about the other day how Lord of the Rings like did that for me. Here's the big one: Pride and Prejudice. <gasps> I saw the 2005 movie wow. before I read the book, and wow. then that completely changed my life. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and you just spent a lot of money and luggage space yesterday on Jane Austen. Well, I mean, like, I, to be fair, 2005 we were in high school, and yeah, I hadn't fair. been like 
forced to read it for class. So, so I was just like, this movie yeah. sounds good. And then I really liked the movie. And so I thought, well, I should read the book. Yeah. And then the book like blew my mind. So I read all the other books and it was a whole big thing. And then I ended up studying 19th century literature. It was mm. a whole big thing. So that's basically... Shaped your life. Yeah. <laughs> You've been middle marching through your life since then? Yeah. Girl. I mean, it was, it was basically Pride and Prejudice and... Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Okay. This like did all of my... I hated Jonathan Strange. I know, but you hate footnotes, so don't talk to me. Okay. <laughs> Batteries draining, lightning round. Oh no, my god. Okay. This is, I can't... I'm too much we pressure. Need hot takes. Um, All the Bright Places. Oh god. It's gonna be a movie. It's not. It is. With Elle Fanning and Justice Smith, who was in Paper Towns and The Get Down. That's just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be a movie. Okay. I know you're so upset about that book. Um... I had the Buffy reboot on here. A Rugrats reboot also? Yeah, I no. saw that. I saw the headline. That you, you, gave me, you gave me a lot of shade the other day for saying that I liked Rugrats. Yeah. And that I, d- I was wasn't just super still fond of Doug. Feel, yeah, I was just still I coming still off that Doug viewing. Doug. Yeah. Um, did you see any trailers for the movie Eighth Grade? Tofu? No. It's like an indie movie that's coming out about mm-hmm. middle school. Obviously, it's called okay, Eighth Grade. That makes sense. But it looked kind of intriguing. Um... Matt Nathanson has a new mm-hmm. album coming out. Holler! Um, Charlie Jane Anders has a new book coming out called The City in the Middle of the Night. I really liked her book that I was reading the last book came out, All the Birds in the Sky, except our library copy was missing the last 10 pages and that I never was like finished it. the weirdest moment of I your life. I never finished the book, so I don't know how it ends still. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda is coming out with a book of tweets called Good Morning, Good Night. I saw that on Twitter. And I want it. Good. I feel like it would be a really nice thing to have. And you need to be cheered up slash motivated. Cool. Any yeah. parting shots, Elizabeth? Um, back to San Diego Comic-Con Corner. Big news in the Steven Universe world that, that we're going to finally meet White Diamond, which is a big deal. But also there's going to be a movie, and I do not know how to feel about this, because it's going to be a direct-to-Cartoon Network movie. It's not like a produced for theaters movie. It's going to be a movie-length, basically, like, mate, like super arc of the universe. And, I mean, I sort of understand why they're doing it, because uh, lately they've just been releasing episodes in what they're called Stephen Bombs, where they put out one episode a day for, like... Stephen Bombs? Uh huh. Okay. Because it's basically it's like oh she dropped another bomb because usually some big emotional thing happens. Okay. Um. So it's basically going to be like a Stephen bomb that's actually made into one long episode slash yeah. movie. I don't like that. I hope that it's good because every episode of Steven Universe is the best, but I don't like that as a like format. I like tried to watch like two I, episodes of it. That's and not didn't enough do it for me. You gotta wait until the big. Oh, that's so many though. The episodes are 11 minutes long, Ugh, Heather. I'll you need to give it a full half an hour. You, you need to pick whether you want me to watch all your favorite animes or you want me to watch Steven the Universe. I don't have time for all of them. Here's the thing, though. If you actually gave yourself the time to watch until the first arc ends, you would really like Steven the Universe because it gets really good. And it has amazing representation and many feelings, and it's awesome. I will think about it. But, but see, at the same you... time, knowing you and knowing what you like, I would say just watch the animes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. She has more. Don't oh, more. Jeez. Uh, do I have more? I thought you had another one. Do I? That was my major one. Uh, speaking of Elle Fanning, I still haven't seen her new Frankenstein movie that she's doing about Mary oh. Shelley. That does not look good either. 
don't understand. Oh no, I was thinking. I was thinking of Voltron. <laughs> oh yeah, Voltron. <laughs> That's not an upcoming though. That was no. just like a good well, news. Well, kind of. No, it happened already. It happened already. Yeah. Why are they releasing so many episodes in such weird patterns for that show? I don't know. So, so Heather and I were into Voltron at some point in our lives. Um, and I was fully caught up last year for Comic-Con. I went to the Comic-Con panel. I was then, less caught up than that. And then, since then, there's been, like, th three or four new seasons, and I have... Of, like, varying not, lengths? Yeah, don't know what's going on there, but apparently there's, you know, one of the main characters is now canonically gay, which is great, and also it's, he's gay with a character that we've never met like before, which is also great because yes. the fandom is a mess. Yes. <laughs> yes to all of that. But I don't know anything about that, so I wasn't going to comment on it. That's what I was thinking of, though. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you think an hour and 37 minutes is long I think we can wrap episode? here, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for flying all the way out here just to be on our podcast, kind of, mostly. Anytime. Anytime. And we will actually see you again in October when I come stay with you in New York and we, we go to Comic-Con. I don't think Bennett's coming, but he's welcome to. I'll be to there you. in spirit. There yeah. You go. Or over the phone, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. We'll Skype you in for... The special New York Comic Con edition. Oh boy. New York Comic Con slash Cursed Child. Yeah. <sighs> we'll see. Okay. Any other comments? No. All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you actually made it all the way to the end of this, um, send in your comments for our mailbag, which is probably not going to be an ongoing segment, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> and let us know who you want to be your next guest. Okay. Bye. And follow us on Twitter. Oh, at yeah. Get Down. Hi. And wait, let them follow her as well. Sure. Are you at Epaulettes everywhere? At Epaulettes, yep, everywhere, pretty much. Bye. See ya. You gotta get down with the get down. Well now, get down, get down, earth, get down, get down, earth, get down, Maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down, get down.